0: Today's scripture reading is from the book of Hosea, chapter 3, verses 1 to 5, which can be found on your Pew Bibles, page 890. Hosea 3, 1 to 5. The Lord said to me, Go. Show your love to your wife again, though she is loved by another and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethek of barley. Then I told her, You are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man, and I will live with you. For the Israelites will live many days without kings or prince, without sacrifice or sacred stones, without ephod or idol. Afterward, the Israelites will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come trembling to the Lord and to his blessings in the last days. The second scripture reading is also from the book of Hosea, chapter 11, verses 1 to 11, which can be found in your Pew Bibles, page 896. When Israel Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. But the more I called Israel, the further they went from me. They sacrificed to Baals, and they burned incense to images. It was I who taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by the arms. But they did not realize it was I who helped healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. I lifted the yoke from their neck and bent down to feed them. Will they not return to Egypt and will not Assyria rule over them because they refuse to repent? Sword will flash in their cities, will destroy the bars of their gates and put an end to their plans. My people are determined to turn from me. Even if they call to the Most High, he will by no means exalt them. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, Israel? How can I treat you like Adama? How can I make you like Zeobin? My heart is changed within me. All my compassion is aroused. I will not carry out my fierce anger, nor will I turn and devastate Ephraim. For I am God and not man, the Holy One among you. I will not come in wrath. They will follow the Lord. He will roar like a lion. When he roars, his children will come trembling from the west. They will come trembling like birds from Egypt like doves from Assyria. I will settle them in their homes, declares the Lord. The word of the Lord.
1: So this summer we are at Knox working through the Minor Prophets. We've had a number of guest preachers, Nick has preached, and today we're gonna be looking at Uh, the prophecy of Hosea. It's the first in the Minor Prophets. And it's a lengthy one, 12 uh, chapters, but it's one of the more profound uh, articulations of God's heart. So as we enter into it, let's pray for a moment. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for all the, the beautiful wonders of these Minor Prophets who speak with such a powerful punch and clarity. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would, would impress upon us truth, your loving heart. God, would you speak to us? Would you open up our hearts right now so that we might hear you and experience your living word? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was a schoolboy probably 11 or 12 years old, I did a miserable thing. And I mean, not, not just one. This is just one from the highlight reel of misery from Phil's life. <laughs> My older sister, well, you're not going to say that when I talk about this, okay? <laughs> I won't have sympathy from you. My older sister was in high school, and uh, she, had a, she had a diary. And the pages of it, she poured out her teen heart, all the emotional drama that is high school, and one day I stumbled upon that diary and opened it and read a few pages of it, and I read about a secret love that she had, this deepest puppy love crush that was sweet and sentimental and all very dramatic in high school. My sister's heart was laid bare, so vulnerable there. And I took that open heart, and I became the WikiLeaks of personal diaries. <laughs> so I told a friend who told his older sister, and that made it back to the high school of which my sister was a part of. And she, so the, her vulnerable heart was on display for many to see, and she was mortified. It was this heart secret, this private revelation that was not meant for anyone else to know how, I mean, how awfully vulnerable, right? To have something, have something put on display that's meant just for the inside of you. It's so personal. And yeah, that's, that's exactly what Jose is doing here in this whole book, revealing to us the inner life, the, the private ruminations of God. Have you ever wondered what divine soliloquy sounds like? It's Hosea. What do you think are the, are the silent, private ruminations of God's heart? What, what's the self-talk of God? It's Hosea, where we see these deeply personal affections and thoughts and intentions of the holy God who has no counterpart. The prophet Hosea gives us this remarkable window into the heart of God. If you have ever wondered about God's heart, if you have ever thought, what does God think of me? Hosea gives us, I think, one of the most profound, compelling, intimate portraits of God's heart. In one sense, the book of Hosea is really a condensation of the whole Old Testament in the first three chapters. The first three chapters of Hosea is is sort of the the performance art drama part of Hosea. And the last, from chapter 4 through, I think it's 12, is, is simply God's heart, His reflections, all in poetic form. But the the first three chapters is really the Old Testament condensed into three chapters because it is a tale of how Israel rejects God's love. And what's so stunningly different about this book of Hosea is that Hosea is the prophet who doesn't just speak about it. He's called to live it. His life becomes performance art. His life becomes a living parable. The first three chapters tell the story of Hosea's fractured marriage to a woman named Gomer. God says, go marry a prostitute and have children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. Gomer is a woman who apparently has no defenses to her life. A woman who has a long trail of betrayal and broken hearts in her wake. And so Hosea's story thrusts us into the the language and categories of love and passion and adultery and betrayal. And Israel is meant in this to see themselves as married to the Lord, but to see how they have flirted Unfaithfully with other gods and religions and ways of life. And so we read about the children they have. Verse 4 of chapter 1 talks about, the Lord said, name the child Jezreel, for I am about to punish King Jehu's destiny, dynasty to avenge the murders committed at Jezreel. So they have the son named Jezreel. It's a strange name, right? It's named after a valley where there was this horrible atrocity committed. Um, and it's a word about judgment coming upon Israel. Then they have a second child, the daughter. Soon Gomer became pregnant, gave birth to a daughter. The Lord said to Hosea, name your daughter Lo-Ruhamah, which means not loved. Imagine naming your child that. For I will no longer show love to the people of Israel or forgive them, God says. I, the Lord God, will show love to the people of Judah. I'll personally free them from their enemies without any help of weapons, but not the people of Israel. And then Hosea and Gomer have a third child, a son again. After Gomer had weaned Lo-Ruhamah, she again became pregnant and gave birth to a second son. And the Lord said, name him Lo-Ami, which means not mine. For Israel is not my people and I am not their God. And it's a pretty hard, I mean, just gut-wrenching, Heartbreaking story so far, right? What a name to give to a child, to a people, not mine. God is saying to Israel, you have left me. You're not mine anymore. And yet, despite Israel's rebellion and the consequences that are going to follow, God's love and mercy are so powerful, they stretch beyond Israel's sin and rejection of God. Jose has just said the Israeli kingdom won't last, but God's people as God's beloved will. And all of a sudden you hear these beautiful messages of hope. Verse 10, yet the time will come when Israel will prosper and become a great nation. In that day, their people will be like the sands of the seashore. Too many to count. Then at the place where they were told, you are not my people, it will be said, you are children of the living God. All of a sudden this beautiful message of hope, God's like, no, no, I can't do this. But then the story takes another tragic turn. Hosea's wife, Gomer, leaves him, leaves the children, and takes up work as a prostitute, going after one man after another who are willing to pay to have their way with her. And Hosea is just ripped apart by grief at being abandoned by his wife. And and he pours out his heart about his wife And and as you read it, you sense this is not only Hosea's heart we're hearing. This is God's heart over his people. This is God's heart about you and I and our relationship. God's heart is broken, utterly devastated by his people who turn away from him, who sort of flirt with all the ways of the world, who dally with idols and other gods in our world. While angry, Hosea's heart turns. This unconditional love will not wallow in bitterness. It cannot remain heart. And so Hosea's heart turns towards Gomer and he says, but now I will win her back again. I will lead her out into the desert. I will speak tenderly to her there. And again, in the, in the same way, God's fierce, unconditional love will not stand forever against His people. And so God, His heart turns one more time to draw His people back. Although angry with their unfaithfulness, their infidelity, God's heart still yearns to be back in relationship. And so God says in chapter two, 19 to 20, I will make you my wife forever, showing you righteousness and justice, unfailing love and compassion. I will be faithful. To you and make you mine, and you will finally know me as Lord. That word know has layers of different meaning to it, but it means we know someone more than with just our minds. It's a sort of a full person, deeply embodied knowing. It often has connotations of of sexual knowing. I will bring you back, God says, and you'll be unafraid, and you'll be naked and bare before me. You'll be known, and you'll be loved. This is the unrelenting heart of who God is, who, who feels anger and yet turns from his judgment to show mercy again and again, even in the face of utter rejection. And we see this in the next prophetic action of Hosea. In Hosea 3, after Gomer has, has prostituted herself out, so much so she's essentially sold as a sex slave. We read, then the Lord said, go get your wife again, bring her back to you, love her even though she loves adultery. For the Lord still loves Israel, even though the people have turned to other gods. And so we read Hosea saying, and so I bought her back. Gomer's become the sex slave. She's put up in what looks like Uh, a slave market. She's used by all her lovers. She's pimped for sale as people start to bid on her. And in the midst of all the voices calling out whatever they're willing to pay, she hears another voice. She hears the voice of Hosea who trumps every bid that comes along because he's going to buy back his wife. Hosea shows love to his unfaithful spouse, to his betraying wife, And instead of treating her like a slave, he covers her nakedness. And he gives her back her dignity as a woman. And he says, you're to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute. You must not be intimate with any man. And I will behave the same with you. And he's saying, listen, I don't want you back as a slave. I want you back as my wife again. We're to belong to each other exclusively. Hosea's relationship with Gomer and God's relationship with his people, with us, run parallel. Hosea is telling us God's story from God's perspective, what it feels like in the heart of God. This is what my people have done with my love, God says. They've rejected it. They flaunt my love by chasing after every sort of lover. And you'd think God would turn away, right? You'd think God would throw up his hands and, in the words of the singer CeeLo, just say, forget you, Right? that's not the story of God. The story of God is the story of this relentless romancer who will not give up on his good creation and his beloved people. Think of that. The almighty God who, who formed and fashioned the universe has married us in love. God made a covenant with Abraham, a covenant that we celebrated in baptism this morning that was offered one more time, that covenant with Abraham, and he called Abraham and all who follow him into relationship, and God bound himself up with Abraham and all his people to such a degree that the brokenness of one of his people on this planet can go straight to the heart of God. God has so bound up his heart to us to Marietta, who was baptized this morning, so bound his heart up that he, he has voluntarily bound up his heart so that he feels our joy and he heart breaks with our brokenness. He will not experience unmixed joy. He will not know joy without sorrow until we and all creation stand before him joyful and glorious and transform before him. That's how closely God has tied, has bound his heart to ours. And all throughout the book of Hosea, you you feel that. It is a palpable sense of pain, the pain of God's love in his heart. Hosea, first, he uses the metaphor of of this broken-hearted lover, of this spouse, betrayed spouse. But then later on the book, the metaphor changes. We read that in chapter 11. The metaphor Uh, That Hosea uses to understand God's heart is also like a parent who is brokenhearted about his children who has rejected him. His children who has gone wayward. And again, this is such a profound way to speak of God. So intimate. God is not this cool, removed, aloof deity that some people think. The unmoved mover of the universe. He's not some impersonal mind floating in space. God is this passionate, feeling, being, like a lover. And whoever has loved and had their heart broken, you know a bit of God's heart of love. You know what it's like for God to be spurned. And God is like a parent whose heart has been twisted up because of a child who's rebelling. And whoever is a parent and has a a child who strays, who's rejected them, you know. You know the broken heart of God. Listen to God speak in chapter 11. It's one of the most, I think, one of the most profound revelations of God's heart. When Israel was a child... I loved him as a son. You can just imagine a father and a child playing together. I called to him, but the more I called to him, the more he rebelled, offering sacrifices to the images of Baal and burning incense. It was I who taught Israel how to walk. Imagine a dad teaching their kid to walk, come here. It was I who taught Israel to walk, leading him along by the hand, but he doesn't even know or even care that it was I who took care of him. I led Israel along with the ropes of kindness and love. I lifted the yoke from their neck, and I myself stooped to feed him. You get a sense of the profound longing and pain of how God has poured out his heart, and yet it's been spurned. Of How wrong, how bad this feels to love and not be loved back. And in Hosea, God speaks out in judgment you hear those words this prophetic judgment and that anger is perfectly justified and it's almost like judgment and anger should be the last word of the book boom full stop end of story but it's not because if you wait you hear you hear something else hosea lets us close to the closed door behind which we hear the muffled cries of the heart of God, the tender mercy of God over his people who have rejected him. Listen to God. Oh, how can I give you up, Israel? God's heart is just tortured. How can I let you go? How can I destroy you? My heart is torn within me. My compassion overflows. And then there's this turn. No, I will not punish you as much as my burning anger tells me to. I will not destroy Israel. For I am God and not a mere mortal. I am the Holy One living among you. How can I give you up? That, I think, captures like the heartbeat of who God is. If you've ever wondered who God is, listen to that word. How can I give you up? If you've ever thought God was just this really angry deity who was just waiting to mm, nail you anytime time you crossed the moral code, listen to God say, how can I give you up? God's love outwrestles His anger. His mercy outweighs His judgment. God's love is constant. It is fierce. It is faithful. And His wounded heart relentlessly pumps out love. And so God calls out again in Hosea 14, Return, O Israel, to your Lord, your God, for your sins have brought you down. Bring petitions, return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all our sins. Graciously receive us so that we may offer you the sacrifice of praise. This word, this prophecy of Hosea is a a word straight from that, that hidden heart of God, hidden no longer, it is a picture into the inner life, the inner recesses of who God is. It's like going through someone's love letters, like going through someone's personal diary, where you see the vulnerable, passionate hopes of the heart of God. So often when we think of God, we, you know, we imagine Him rightly as all-powerful. You know, he can do whatever He wants. And so we sometimes wonder from that. We think, well, if God's all-powerful, if He's all good, why doesn't He just create solutions to all the problems in the world, right? Why doesn't he wave his hand and get rid of all the evil in the world? But in Hosea, we see another side of this problem. We see it from God's perspective. How can you make someone love you? The singer Bonnie Raitt sings that song. I think that's the soundtrack for Hosea. If I can't make you love me, I can't make you love me if you don't. God can't make us love him or be faithful to him, just as you can't make a wife love you or strong strongline your child into cowed conformity. And so Hosea gives us a peek into the God who is all-powerful but lives with a broken heart, a lover who is omnipotent and omniscient and yet has been betrayed, a parent who knows all, sees all, and yet the child is rebelled. And God can't hide that pain. It's so profoundly moving, so profoundly vulnerable for God to open up his heart to us and show that and say, this this is who I am. This is my heart for you. And it helps me understand Jesus better reading Hosea, right? Because Jesus, who very much like Hosea, lived out and dramatized God's heart and his message When Jesus goes and out of righteous anger turns the tables in the temples and he turns loaves into fishes and especially as he hangs on the cross, he makes visible the beating, bruised, vulnerable heart of God for all to see. If we ever thought that God who is all powerful should just be able to weave his magic hand and fix whatever evil painlessly in the world, we just need to remember the cross where we see God's beaten, crucified heart of love. And as I read Hosea, I think I see you and me better too. Because can't we be so like Israel? Can't we be so like Gomer? Taking God's grace for granted, taking God's good gifts, but using them for our own purposes, using them against God himself. Makes me... It it, it cultivates an anger in myself for my own unfaithfulness, because it helps me see my own sin more accurately. Like, it's not just breaking some moral code, but my sin is grieving the heart of God himself. It's fracturing that relationship, and it makes me want to draw near to God and stop giving myself to all the idols that I so often do to stop breaking God's heart I know some of us wonder, you know, does God really love like that? And I say to you, everything in God's word, everything in this world testifies that God does indeed love you and I just like that. This is our God. There is none like him. And Hosea ends with these words. Let those who are wise understand these things. Let those who are discerning listen carefully. The paths of the Lord are true and right, and righteous people live by walking in them, but sinners stumble and fall along the way. And I hear that, and it makes me want to pray, so let's do that. And what I'd like to do is give you a moment of quiet right now to reflect Hosea ends with this call, let those who are wise understand, those who are discerning listen, and so let's listen carefully for what the Spirit of God might be saying to us through Hosea, and after a period of quiet, I'll close our time. God of radical love, unthinkably beautiful, unconditional, never-ending love. We pray for wisdom to understand these things. Lord, may we, in response to your love, love you with all that we have and all that we are. May we never forsake the very love that created us. God, would you teach us to see what it means to come and commit to you and to receive your life so that we might become actually like Hosea, where we might become witnesses and models of your fierce, faithful, unconditional love in the world that is desperate to know it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.